beautifully lit. There are some stockings hung with care. And we've got some special guests here in the room, along with uh, Healy and King. And Healy, I don't know if you want to like sure, point yeah. out who's here. I'm Steve Healy. I'm here. To my left, I've got our old friend BJ, a great debater, a classmate of ours from college. Uh, he brings a lot of passion married to logic to his debating and a lot of looking at things from kind of a sideways angle. He can usually get there to a new argument that wouldn't have been obvious. And that's why we like him as a debater and we're happy to have him for our Christmas tradition. Happy to be here. And uh, I'm Dave King, and to my left is uh, our friend John Mayer, who brings, I would describe, almost sort of a rope-a-dope style of debating, where he may lull you to sleep a little bit with what uh, sort of artistic presentation or maybe a visual picture that he's painting, and then try to knock you out with something that you never saw coming. Uh, he's a formidable foe. We're very happy to have him back here in the debate ring, especially around the holidays. Uh, and I'm ready to get right into it. Wow, two free compliments. <laughs> well, I thought we could just start right away with a debate, and I thought it might be fun to have John take the pro and face off against uh, King. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to put four minutes on the clock like I normally would, because I feel that that restricts us unnecessarily at this sort of um, more relaxed time. And so, uh, with but are that, we considering this debate a stocking stuffer or yes, a this, present? This is a stocking okay, stuffer. Got okay, got it. Forgot about this that. This is an office. This is an office um, secret Santa. Gift. All right, got it. Uh, so, uh, John, taking the pro on a really cool dream is worth more than five hundred dollars. The older you get, the harder it is to become inspired. Always on the search for inspiration. Inspiration, especially for an artist like myself is of paramount importance. And yeah, you can catch inspiration from things you watch on TV, you can catch it from a great conversation, but there's no greater inspiration on a cellular level than a great dream. Waking up from a great dream programs you in a certain way that none of your thoughts ever could on their own. It is a deeply profound sort of programming into your day, and if it's great, you'll do great work. If it lights you up on a romantic level, you will have greater relationships, more passionate relationships, more loving relationships with the people who deserve it. And um, one might also say, I being the one, that there's a certain level of entertainment to it. So we're talking about, if there was someone who said to you ahead of time for $500 in your sleep, you're going to get pre-programmed with the most beautiful image or experience while you're asleep, that when you wake up, for at least the first half of the day, you are going to be gliding on a new sort of cloud nine all day and interacting with the world a little differently, would you pay it? And I think for me, personally, I would pay for that consumer experience. And that is why having a dream is sort of a freebie that's certainly worth more than $500 when you wake up. When I was a boy, I slept with a pound puppy, and his name was Patches. Pound Puppy was like a stuffed dog. Yeah, my and sister had a Patches. A Patches, really? Yeah, wasn't Patches the, like the standard pound puppy? Sorry. I don't think so. This was named after an actual dog named Patches. It doesn't matter. I love Patches deeply. Uh, I felt like he was my best friend, and I slept with him every night when I was probably too old to have This a, is what happens when you don't put four minutes on the clock, I'm by sorry. the way. I'm sorry. There's a point to this. What? <laughs> Point taken. One night I fell asleep and I had the greatest dream of my life. I dreamt that Patches could talk to me. I dreamt that he came to school with me. I dreamt that he truly was my best friend and I could take him everywhere with me. I woke up. I said, Patches, let's go to school, bud. And he looked at me and I realized that it was just a dream and it was the saddest moment of my life. Good dreams are often providing us with a false aspirational feel. They're giving us the feeling of something we can't do, like fly or be with someone who will never want to be with us. I've actually found that weird dreams or bad dreams actually leave us with something that we need to sort through in our minds. What did that mean? What feelings am I feeling that made me look at that person in my dream in a different way than I normally do in my real life? Why am I... Why is a school bus crashing so important to me in this dream? What does that mean? Um, I would also argue, it's interesting that you said, would you go to sleep, uh, before you went to sleep, would you take $500? And uh, what my thought was, what if you woke up with not a great dream in your mind, but $500 under your pillow that you didn't know was there the night before? 
I'd have a pretty damn good day, or at least a good half a day. That'd be all I'd be talking about. I woke up. I didn't lose a tooth or anything. 500 bucks under my This is the craziest thing that's ever happened. I'd be talking about it a lot more than if I had a good dream. I had a good, uh, hey, oh, hey, we you know what's funny? I had a great dream. I was playing in the U.S. Open, and I won. It was kind of, cr- and like my high school golf coach was there. It was cool. I woke up, there was $500 under my pillow. It was fucking crazy. This is the best day of my month. That's the end of my opening statement. Um, first, I want to say as a fellow pound puppy owner, how fun it was to take their eyes and push them together and of feel, the, feel, the, plastic, sure, feel yeah. the plastic knocking sure. on each other. Um, you seem to want to labor through your dreams a lot more than I do. I don't want a bad dream to teach me about the world. I have enough of that mundaneness throughout my life. I would say that if you're going to criticize paying $500 for an experience of flying where you can't really fly, sort of having something dangle in front of you, I would say uh, never go skydiving. Because that's got to be 500 bucks to go skydiving. And one would say at no time while you're skydiving can you actually achieve flight. But we do these things to come adjacent to impossible things. And becoming impossible thing adjacent is what inspires us to do things that are difficult but possible, and that is why a dream is a gift, and gifts cost money sometimes. Well, this is a great example of why we don't even need good dreams, because you can experience those things in reality. Isn't it better to, if, if we can fly by skydiving, then what's the point of having a dream where you can fly? Why don't you just if shit we, my pants in my bed, though? Well, I guess I'm not sure what that would achieve, but <laughs> I mean, you could if you wanted. If that's what you're into, if that's worth $500 to you. No, that's, no, that's tricky, I'm just kidding. Okay. Does anyone else want to weigh in on I'll this? I'll jump in, yeah, and please. I'll help John with the pro here. Let's say that I were to go to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on Broadway. $700 for a ticket, for the best ticket. See, it's still kind of uncomfortable. I'm not immersed in the reality. Does this show mean a lot? It means a lot to Edward Albee about his life. The actors are people that maybe I saw one on a TV show once, and the other is a very good actor. Now imagine that this is a show about your life abstracted. It has lessons for you. It, your dad is in it. Your high school girlfriend is in it. Um, surreal things happen. Real things happen. Things you forgot about happen. Your uh, grounded, supernatural things can happen. It all has meaning. Things that you are working through, you are literally inside it. So much so that you've been ambushed by a VR experience as though you're in the movie The Game, where you don't even realize you're in it, and then you wake up. If I told you that I had done that instead of the Edward Albee show, you'd think that was worth a lot more money. I would say, I, I hear the point you're making, but I would also say that happens every night without me having to do anything. These dreams come to us often two or three times, two not, or three different dreams a, a night. Not a really cool also, one. Well, I, I also think like you chose the wrong play to see. I happen to see for far less than $700, just to go off of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, about 10 years ago, a Dutch uh, performance group called, I believe they're called Wunderbomb, came and performed in Los Angeles, and they did a meta play about Who's, for, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which to this day I think about far more than I'm pretty sure any dream I've had in the last 10 years. So if you're, we want to compare like an artistic experience to a dream, I think that there's like many things that you could get for way less than $500 that are going to live in your mind far more than... Um, uh, a, a dream would. There's also like a reason that people say talking about your dreams are, is boring and it's not a good like way to tell a story or anything. I don't happen to believe that. I'm fascinated by dreams, but I do think that like one of the reasons people don't want to hear about dreams is that we all have one every night. That's not the reason why. The reason why is because you're plugged into a visceral connection to only a thing you can see. And it's the well-known adage, uh, the thing I say in my life, follow your dreams, but please don't tell me about them. It's the thing I tell people. I want to jump in on Dave's side, just in the in the con, because you know when you go to see Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, you're kind of paying five hundred dollars to be able to tell people that you went to see Who's so Afraid true. of Virginia Wolf, or to talk about it with whoever you went to see it. Like, I'd be ashamed of it. Ex- I think that sounds so <laughs> lame. So I kind of think like a dream. You can't really share with anybody else the experience of having a really cool dream, and for five hundred bucks to just have it yourself. No, it's not. You're missing the point. You will take that dream <laughs> and you will interpret it into a, a more passionate, actionable experience. 
experience. The dream is not the event. The event is the life you follow through with in that day that that dream inspires you to do. I don't know. Maybe you guys live a life of eternal, ongoing passion. I don't. Well, I need moments to be sort of handed down to me if, from somewhere else. If we're going to take the argument, if you're, I'll, I'll use your argument here, or or the sort of this thread of thought. If it's not about what you actually wake up with, the dream or the $500, but what you do with it, I would argue there's a great deal of good that you could do with $500 that you can't do with sharing the experience of the dream you've had. So, yeah, it's hard to put a price on, like, somehow <laughs> converting positive dream energy into love for other people. But $500, you could walk down to a homeless shelter and, like, give people a home for a week or I don't know how long, but like you could do a great deal of tangible good right away. Or buy a skateboard. Or you could buy someone a skateboard. What about a lyric? What about a title for a song? I can't tell you how many times I've woken up from a dream with a melody. That's what my iPhone is basically for, is to record things in the middle of the night. A great series of words that string together that only a dream could have given you, that you and your waking life could not have drummed up. Mm. Only a dream can give you this sort of fridge magnet poetry of an idea of lyrics that you wake up from. And for $500, I'd say that is a steal if that ends up becoming a song it's or even a true. portion it's of a song. It's also possible that $500 might mean... A more to other people than to you or to all of us, uh, but I understand what you're saying that there's some things that you artistic things that you can't put a price on. What's a dream, a song that you can attribute to a dream? I feel like we're stepping outside the debate space, That's true. and maybe we Let's should just on. end this and hold on. Let's to get that Medina's thought. verdict on the debate. Okay, I was so moved by John's passionate opening statement. Um, the problem is I can't wrench myself away from the idea of waking up with $500 under my yeah. belt. That was pretty, pretty brilliant. That was a good image. So I think I've got to give this one to King. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if you could do that consistently, you wouldn't have to work at all. Right. Which, you know, uh, would you give up all time dreaming making to Making money in your sleep. Yeah. Can I ask you a bonus question? Sure. And yeah. this is no longer to support my case. Sure. Would you pay $500 to avoid a harrowing nightmare? Wow. I think a harrowing That's nightmare is good for you. That's a good question. You do. I understand that. I, I have had nightmares that have meant something to me later where I go, not the next day, but the next year, I'm glad I had that nightmare because it taught me something. Or just the no, experience of feeling alive mm. and intensity of feeling is cool, right? I also think Maybe a nightmare is different than a bad book. dream. That I think be. I think they're different. I think mm, a bad yeah. dream is one you didn't like. A nightmare affects your emotions. What about have you ever had sort of a badly composed dream that just oh yeah, you know, they're most cinematically them. wasn't put together very well. Yeah, the reason right. it's not put together very well is because the writer's an idiot because <laughs> he's asleep. <laughs> That's right. So we've had the Office uh, Secret Santa exchange, and now I think it's time to dig into some stockings and see mm. what other okay. topics we might want to kind of dial in. So you're gonna you're gonna put your hand in the top stocking. Exactly. Oh, I, I love this. See, see what, what you pull out. out. Great. Okay. We, okay. Read some things out loud, and people are gonna respond to different gifts, and then they're gonna tell us that we want to debate. Okay. Here's what we've got. All these tops were submitted by the participants. By the way. I can hear him reaching in. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Michael B. Jordan is currently more famous than Michael Jordan. No way. Damn. Anybody going to stick up for that? No. Somebody no. was being cute with their wordplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would I think it only I don't know if it's even true in a sub, you know, small subset of America, but I don't think it is. Michael B Jordan is our Michael Jordan. That's what they say at Sundance. Anyway, let's Sorry, move on. Michael B Jordan. <laughs> we got a long list yeah, I'm going to keep Oh, going. yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Keep dig a little deeper. Sure. There was a cat and a dog at the first Christmas. At the first Christmas? At the first Christmas. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. We know that at what? Christmas that we were in a manger. There were all kinds of farm animals. If you're in a barn or manger type setting, there's going to be a barn cat. Cats existed in the ancient Middle East. We know that. They were mummified with the Egyptian pharaohs. And dogs are everywhere. Every are. She- We know there were shepherds at the uh, first Christmas, and they were definitely had some sheep dogs around. So, yeah, there was some kind of dog and cat at the first Christmas. Well, how old are dogs as a species? 
Uh, well, I don't know that they're 2,000 years old. When they fork off from wolves, oh, yeah. That's what old. I'm they're saying. Like 10,000 years old at least since mm. fire. Mm. Dogs go make, with fire. Yeah, I wouldn't take an well, fire has always existed. Slash yeah. made up con. Okay. Dave King I, on the con. Okay. First, I have to ask a question because I know sure. nothing about the first Christmas. Yeah. Is the birth of Christ considered to be the first Christmas? Yeah. Okay. I think if Jesus, or if Joseph and Mary had pets. We'd know about it. Yeah. We'd know their names. They'd and they be in would the be paintings. like the most popular dog names in in America. Like you've never I've never heard anyone ever talk about you know, they had a dog. Uh uh Sapphire. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like that you know. I mean a lot of that stuff does get lost to history. And, and then the idea that they were at the not just like roaming around Bethlehem. But we're actually at the first Christmas. Well, I'm seems saying, even I'm, more. Improbable. I'm going with they weren't Joseph and Mary's dogs. They were stray dog and cats, or farm dog and cats that were in the manger. Jesus was born. We we know he would. The, Jesus and Mary or Joseph and Mary were on the road. They have Jesus. I don't think a uh, a small cat and and a. These are animals that are smaller than people. They're going yeah, to stay okay, away. Yeah. If there's a live birth happening, they're not getting near no, no, that. No, 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 they're no, no, no. They would idiots. love that. They're respectful of that space. They're not going to go. They're not, they don't know what's going on, but it's like they know that there's like loud noises going on for sure, and they're keeping their distance. But they're we not know that there were the lots manger. of animals at the first Christmas. That was one of the key things. There were camels or all kinds of sheep. Uh, sure, there's yeah. a camel there. They yeah. had to, someone had to get the three wise men in the okay, house. Okay, the first Christmas occurred somewhere between like a, a and b and like a homeless shelter, right? They were born in a manger or like a farmhouse. It's somewhere on that spectrum. In any one of those places, there's going to be a dog and a cat. There's not dogs and cats in homeless shelters. What are you talking about? Of course about? there are. Well, un- unless they have really strict policies. And oh, that's now. If you this gather a hundred homeless people, you're going to have ago. a lot of dogs and cats. Can you click manger on Airbnb? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's a there's a scene of Christian manger yeah. rentals. Yeah. Entire manger. <laughs> <laughs> the word, does the word manger ever get used except in the context of Christmas? No, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Medines, what do you like think? Like name two the, mangers right. from history. That while Healy is, I can name one definitely. <laughs> certainly, right that Dave made the better argument. I'm on. I can't fucking lose. Yeah, you're on fire. You're having a hot <laughs> night. Do we know? Do you? Is there? Do we want? Is there any way to actually like source this and? No. No. How do we source? They're not mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, well, then. we could. We could. I know we have some religious scholars who listen to the show. If you have an opinion, weigh in. That's great. Yeah. There is a detailed list of what was brought. The the myrrh. Right. And the exactly. Whatever. It's like oh they had. <laughs> They know what spices were there, but they don't know the name <laughs> well, of the yeah. dog. Well, spices are very rare. A dog, a dog and cat, that was way more special to them. Can okay. I talk about... Oh, no, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Go ahead. It just... I Maybe I've talked about this before, but as a Jewish boy, it blew my mind when I found out that the Immaculate Conception was not about Jesus, but about Mary. I only found this out like a couple of years ago, and I cannot stop thinking about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The Mary wasn't didn't have any sin on her at all. But when people talk about the Immaculate Conception, that's not Jesus being conceived. Yeah. That's Mary being conceived. Yeah. That's crazy to but me. But also people, like, Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, yes, too. But that that's, also happened. That's the virgin birth. Yeah. That's not the Immaculate Conception. God yeah. is not the father of the Immaculate Conception. Well, Mary's father was, but Mary's amazing and cool. Yes, yeah. I, I just, I'm sorry. I guess I'm the only one who finds this. Well, what about? I, I, I think that's fascinating. Out. Do you know I'm in the fascinated. Catholic Church, Mary never she I was know, perpetual even, virginity. Yes. Never also had crazy. sex, and yet they is, had other kids. That ain't right. What does that mean? Do they I don't believe know. that she didn't have other kids, or that the other kids were also the children they of God? Re- they skirt past the other kids with like different definitions, or whatever. Fool but, me yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's God again. Yeah. Okay, Mary. Okay. Here we go. Okay, here's another one for you. Mark Zuckerberg will die happy. Who wants that pro? Mm-hmm. Who no, wants we that pro? Have to bite into every dang one of these. All right, let's keep moving. Okay, mm. sorry, Mark. The Pope and Kanye could be friends. I think I kind of yeah. think we all agree they could, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, They're both all about finding unlikely friends. Yeah, that's well put. So here's another one. Juicy fruit gum is supposed to be a specific fruit. 
it's certainly a great topic. Wow. I've never thought about All this. All right, John, are you man enough to take the pro? Uh, no, I'm not man enough. I want the con if anyone yeah, is going to take the pro. Yeah, the con is obvious to me. Does anyone? Sure, Steve? I'll take the pro. Whoa. But you don't come up with the gum. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Juicy fruit is a specific fruit. I don't know what it is. Let me start with that right now. It's been a while since I chewed juicy fruit. I don't mess with juicy fruit. I mean, that kind it's of gonna gum is out of the way. <laughs> but there's no way you sit down to come with a gum called juicy fruit and you just develop a mishmash of flavors without having a target that you're aiming at it may have been a combo of fruits or something like that but it, a specific fruit is at the origin of juicy fruit when they put out juicy fruit they were like people are going to be psyched about this apple coconut I, gum we just can invented. I ask you a question yeah to the best of your mm -hmm. ability to imagine the sense memory of the flavor of juicy fruit. Yeah. What fruit would you say the, it's come? It comes the closest to approximating apple coconut. Really? That's my my memory. It's got to be twenty years since I had. That's not juicy a fruit. fruit. This is my yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out whether you're arguing that they were like. In our minds, there's a fruit called juicy fruit, and we know what it tastes like, and we're going to try to make our gum taste like that, or. We want our gum to taste like a mango. I think maybe maybe they were, were like, how, how? We're going to make a gum, and we're going to... You, you know what? Don't even call it mango fruit. Call it juicy fruit, because people are going to come to us and gonna say, you guys were going for mango, weren't you? And that's going to be a great moment. We're going to love that. We're gonna, it's going to be part of the fun of juicy fruits. That, that's how, well, that's what they were thinking. Let's say you're, juicy you're at a, a tropical restaurant and you say, "Ah, you know what I'd love? Can you just bring some juicy fruit?" Yes. <laughs> and they they only brought a pear. Wouldn't you say no? No, I, I meant some assortment. I meant in general juicy fruit. Otherwise, I would have said an orange. So you think a that juicy fruit gum represents the desire for a specific just a no general of juicy vague, fruit. Of course. There's definitely some strawberry in there. There's yeah, a little strawberry in there. Generally, there's a little red. passion fruit. It's like I think fruit passion. Punch. I think passion fruit. I think if, if Juicy Fruit was a failed attempt to make any real fruit, it was a failed attempt to make I, I'd fruit. like to propose a role play. I'd like John and I, and you could take either role, to be the, uh, the person at Wrigley mm -hmm. uh, conceiving, just generally pitching Juicy Fruit gum, and the other is the food scientist who has to figure it out. Okay. Uh, which would you like to be? Whichever one you don't want to be. Okay. Um, I will be the, uh, juicy, the Wrigley executive, okay? Okay. Hey, I want just some, like, you know, like a, a fruity, fruit-flavored, mm -hmm. juicy, juicy fruit. It, you know, not the spearmint gum, not, but like juicy fruit. Right. Something that would make you salivate. When you, yeah, when you just chew. like Something sort of really... a, a red, juicy okay. fruit. Can you just do uh, well, that? Hey, you know what I mean? Just juicy fruit. Okay. Uh, what's the sort of starting fruit? I mean, like a picture of fruit punch. Fruit punch. Okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, that is what it oh, the taste of fruit punch. Yeah. You know, fruit punch, a bunch of fruits, just to fruit. Okay, well, we can definitely go back red, into... Red-ish fruit. Nothing red dry. Fruit. Nothing too citrusy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is it is it sort of a... Uh, is it sort of a... Uh, is it sweet? Is it... Is, yeah, is it's sweet, citrus? for sure. Is there any sweet. citrus Yeah, it's juicy. You know, juicy fruit. Is there it's any not citrus? Like a, put any top notes yeah, in Yeah, sure. Some pineapple, maybe? Pineapple. Yeah. Okay, so this is now... It's not, again, it's not pineapple gum. Right, so you want a fruit punch with some pineapple in it. That kind of stuff like pineapple. Right. Stuff like pineapple. Yeah. Hey, I got I got to run to a meeting. Can you <laughs> oh, figure this man. out? Yeah. You got seems, it right. Uh, I'll, you know, I'm gonna take a real broad swing at it. Yeah, and I'll yeah, get yeah. back to you. I'm sure I'm gonna to love it. I'll come back to you with 40 options. <laughs> no, no, just one. Just one. You're gonna nail it based on what I said. That's okay. a, this is a plausible scenario. Enjoyed the play, but I want to save my pro argument with the following <laughs> closing argument. I think John stumbled into the correct answer, which is it was passion fruit. Somebody what? had some passion fruit, like. and they were like, "We're going to make passion fruit gum." And Mr. Wrigley was like, "Uh, uh, we are not. This company is a family company. We don't do passion we're here, not yeah. doing passion fruit gum. Try juicy fruit." What? They were like, "Fine, they we'll accept say it." Say passion fruit because passion is too sexy. That's not in your gum. Seriously, think this is the reason. It's one hundred percent. I think if we passion went to the Wrigley was, archives, we'd find documentation. Censored. Yeah, in a place with juicy, okay. which is also a little juicy sexual. Tawdry, yeah, yeah, tawdry. So I'm not going to say that you won, Healy because I don't know that you did, but Thank you. I think that you made the best possible argument that you could have made. You also right. overachieved in the face of, uh, of three on one. Yeah. Right. Very hard to do. Can did, I read a little Wrigley bit? the Wrigley family, oh, uh, did they build their fortune on gum? I they started so, yeah. with soap, okay. oh. I believe, and then they became like Great a answer. gum. Because I, I happen to just be reading about they really this. They really <laughs> looked for the, uh, the underexploited area. They're like soap. Yeah, gum. No, wait, they're gum. jumping around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's not forget 
The one thing that I think everyone listening is thinking Fields. is how quickly Juicy Fruit Gum loses its flavor. Absolutely. It might be the fastest the losing flavor gum in the you world. You don't have time to identify the fruit. That's no. half the cruelty of the song. The juice is strong. It gets right to you. It sure does. And then it goes away <laughs> as, goes soon away. As, it, as soon as you get it. Right. Wait, Dave, you got some info? A little info. In 2003, ad agency BBDO characterized the flavor as a combination of banana and pineapple. Some people say it resembles jackfruit. Now, look, I'm already in a Wikipedia article to read the phrase, some people say it resembles jackfruit. <laughs> you can't get less unsourced. Less. So you don't have I can see a similar situation with people. we're not having jackfruit gum. That's not going out no. with the Wrigley name on it. We're calling it juicy fruit. Uh, also, some evidence that peach is one crucial flavor among many others. It's likely that the, that the chemical used for flavoring is isoamyl acetate, sometimes better known as banana oil. Mm. Well, if we have any fruit uh, scholars, gum scholars out there who want to weigh in, and we do. you know where to find and us. And we do. Into the topic stocking. What do you think? Okay, here's one. It's been a wet December. Rain in L.A. is fun. Wait, just, just the second half of that, right? We're not debating whether or not it's been a wet December. <laughs> a wet December yes. and there's reason. Can I ask you real quick? Anything. Is that do do you like that song? I really like that song. I love. That I love song. that song. I'm not a Counting Crows fan. I think that song is gorgeous. I think it's gorgeous. And I think about it every year this time of year. It's beautifully melodic. It's sort of through composed, except for the chorus of na 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 na. All of it is sort of a brand new moment each time. You, every word, every line is a brand new moment. It's not patterned out in any way. And it's really nice each time you listen to it because it's kind of sprawling. But once you once you memorize every line, yes. you find that the payoff is that it's just a sprawling payoff of all these lines. And you remember all the lyrics because they're tied to these melodies that are so inspired, probably from a dream. Is that song a little bit alluding to a, a rainy December in L.A.? Cold, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. He drives up to Hillside Canyon. The smell right? of hospitals in winter. Yes. Yeah. Feeling that's a lot of it's it's yeah. a, there's so much yeah. long there's a lot of sense a, in that it's song. It's a long December in the sense of that he's longing for something. Yeah, long. I always felt. Love somewhere. to hear a song called Long June. Someday that's Hell for the yeah. fans. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I don't know about this topic. Yeah, this I think that a lot of listeners are not going to be interested. It's maybe better as a top about him unless. Let's move uh, on. Good, I good. mean, we all think it's fun though, right? I yeah. My experience uh, of rain in LA changed a lot when I became a homeowner. This is really boring to say, but now I find when it rains, I'm I get a little concerned. No about homeowner leaks and stuff. No <laughs> homeowner. <laughs> um, but it. I don't. I also don't think it's. I don't think it's that fun. It's something. It's interesting. It's a novelty. Like and it. Novelties a are always yeah, a little fun. fun it's right? a novel. Better outfits. Mm-hmm. You get to. You get to access great things in your closet That's that have been true. sitting and there. Somebody freaks out. Ah, it's raining. Yeah. Yep. We all know that guy. Okay. Easily. I've got approvable for you. Okay. Oh. All right. Blake Lively is older than Pete Buttigieg. Wow. Oh, that's great. Someone take the pro. Blake Lively is older than Pete Buttigieg. We're talking Mayor Pete? Yeah. Mayor Pete. Of course. Just helping the, helping the listeners at home. You want the pro or the con? I don't want any of it. it. I know that whatever the answer is, it's going to come within a sliver of time. It mm. feels like it. It feels like they're very close. It sounds to me like the like um, Reno, yeah. the, the thing about Nevada, like L.A. is oh. east oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, Reno. Yeah. I'll do a quick one. Who's I'll take Re- the pro. Who's Reno in this example? Yeah. I think well, Lively's Reno, that's right? That's what you're trying to figure out. I think out. actually Buttigieg is Reno. He's a little older than Blake Lively. I think we're... Okay. We knew Blake yeah. Lively. We shared our teenage years with her. She came up with us. I think she's probably under 40. Buttigieg is 38, something like that. I think he's a hair older than Blake Lively. I say hair younger, just for fun. Just for fun if you're tallying it up. Okay, you got an argument or... You're just uh, just going on instinct. Uh, actually, right? it's based on what you just said. Okay. Because when you do trace back through your life, you realize how many years she's been a part of culture, and you start using your own life as a, you know, as sort of a, a measuring tape, and you realize, oh, it, it actually has been quite a while since you know her breakout, and uh, and it's very easy for a guy like Pete Buttigieg to have gone to college, spent a couple years out of college, you know, maybe ten years out of college, but that still puts him. 
Yeah, here's the thing. We're seeing Buttigieg against 70-year-olds. We're seeing Blake Lively against other... We compare her to other actresses. She's older than the newest news, but she's still... A, we could call her a young actress. I'd like to jump into the con. I, I think I've heard that Buttigieg... Like, I feel like I should know how old he is. Uh-huh. And I don't think he's older... What's the wait? What are we arguing again? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Buttigieg is older. I okay. think. I, I, okay, I'll the argue. The pro that, is that Blake Lively is older. Oh, oh. I'm con then. I'm You're con. You're Buttigieg. I didn't realize yeah, it until just is older. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll take that Blake is older, and here's why. I think Buttigieg is like 38-ish. I thought he was like class of 04 or something, which could even make him 37 or 38. I don't think he's 39 yet. Blake Lively, here's here's my argument for it, and obviously none of us have any idea. I think it's very possible that she was already in her mid-20s when she was playing characters who were... Wow, Healy just looked it up and reacted <laughs> in shock. Why'd you do that? It's a good payoff to find wow. out. Yeah. I think she may have been like already 26 or 27 when she was playing uh, Gossip Girl high school people. Yeah, I think so, this is a game of realizing your own catch-up here with how long we've all been alive right. for. That was a long time. We're ago, all Blake show. Lively in some yes. ways because okay. I'm older than Pete Buttigieg. Well, he, Healy called the timer on this one by looking it up. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to react the way I did, but I was he's very surprised. I as was, was I. So you're right about Pete, Mayor Pete. He was born in '82. He's 38 years old. He's 38, or he's wait, he's about to be 38 in January. Okay. Wow. Going on 38. That is young. He's a young man. He's just eligible to run wow. for president because he's older than 35. Blake is only 32 years old. No he way. was born in 1987. No way. Wow. Can't run for president. Blake she Lively is only for 32? President. Good for her. I said that was my thought. Good for you. Yeah. She started early. So Why rocket. did we all think that she was like about the same age? She was probably 17 when she was on the... F- it's, is it Gossip she Girl really she was on? Was yeah, yeah. 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 She, probably she eight, really seven, was eight. like a teenager. I feel like Blake Lively's wow. just been given a gift of like five years. Yeah, somehow she got bonus time. Yeah, that, so yeah. I'm like, she could have a whole new career, yeah. a whole second life. This is incredible. I feel like bad. I feel bad for some reason. Uh, wow. yeah. yeah, I feel I feel alive and inspired. Wow. Cool. I feel like I watched someone drink from the fountain of youth. <laughs> wow, that's weird too. I've got one. Oh, on my long list. In your long stocking. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Long stocking of presents here. It's cooler not to bother with Mount Everest than to have climbed Mount Everest. Who's a proey on this? BJ? I'll take either. I'll take either. Take the pro. <laughs> it's cooler not to have climbed Mount Everest. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. I'll, I'll suggest another play acting moment. You be the guy who climbed Mount Everest. Okay. And I'll be the guy who didn't climb Great. Mount Everest. All right? Yeah. How'd you, uh, how'd you spend your, your vacation? Well, I finally did it. I climbed the tallest mountain on planet Earth, Mount Everest. Oh, I wow. trained, I got ready, I hired some Sherpas, I was there, we were coming up the North Face. When we got to the Hillary step, I was like, there's no way we can do it. I was terrified. You right. have to inch your way along. We're in the death zone up there. Okay. You lose your oxygen, you're a dead man. Yeah, yeah. And I got to the summit, and uh-huh. I could look at I could see the curvature of the Earth. Wow. And then we got back down, and just I, I had to lie down, and they brought me some butter tea with some yak butter in there. It was yeah. the sweetest thing I've ever tasted. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, I, it was like I touched the heavens. Yeah, all right. That's what you like. That's awesome. What'd you do? No, I, I don't know. I, I didn't do that. Okay, this is your argument. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can outcool anyone by not doing what they thought was cool. <laughs> wow, that this really is the. It's always cooler. This is the to think that was lame. This is the ultimate. Whatever it very is, very interesting. I, I mean, you undercut the activity of the other person, and that's no, just cool. like you'd feel you feel stupid. Have to climb Mount Everest to yeah. have the same life you have. Yeah, you. Any one of us. You know, we could say, try something else. What's a cool thing to do? Like, what if I was like, tell I, me a cool thing. I can tell you a cool thing. Say you did it. So after you just said what you said about climbing, yeah, I got Everest, off the and mountain. And you asked me, asked me what I did. What'd you do? I stayed in in the same clothes actually for about a week, and I ate 
edibles and I built a Lego Millennium Falcon while I watched CNN, Whoa. the decades documentaries. <laughs> huh. I guess I just like to get out there and feel alive and, you know, challenge myself. No, but that's different cool. people. Also, what's wrong with your nose? Well, you know, it was frostbitten <laughs> and it, a lot of it fell off. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it was I had to stay up there an entire night. I was only saved because I saw a flashlight. Okay, I stayed up all night doing the last part of the Millennium Falcon and I told myself two bags a night and at some point I was like, I've got to finish it. I stayed up till four in the morning uh-huh. and when I put that final radar dish on, on top of the Millennium Falcon and I stood away from the table and looked at it, I felt like I'd accomplished the greatest thing that a man could ever you have done. You did? Right. I don't get the Legos thing, but all right. I might do that next week, but I don't think you would. Well, you? I would recommend you not mess with Mount Everest. It's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's, well, thank you for telling me because now I never have to think about it. Yeah, I don't I think it's do. quite for you. I you seem like, like you like safer stuff. Just so that I would never have done it anyway. That was part of it. That was definitely one thing that was guiding me as I walked across the chasms on a on a rickety ladder. How many people do you think you'll tell about this? Well, I mean, I'm going to write a book oh, you're and be a, a speaker. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to enter the debate here. Yeah. None of these guys are cool. Not one <laughs> of these three people I've heard from is cool. They are jerks. <laughs> but it is much cooler. I'm on Healy's side. To climb Mount Everest than it is to not deal with it. BJ, your attitude is one of nihilism. To yeah. say that it's always nihilism cool. is cool. Okay, well that that goes for things that are like issues of taste and sensibility. But when you're talking the about the phrase actually, is too cool for school. Yeah, well, school is like oh, okay. Uh, okay, sure, but like what if? But that's a negative. Too cool for school is a negative, actually. Let's go back to the let's go let's play act again. Ask right. me what I did. What'd you do over the vacation, Dave? Um, you remember baby Jessica, the girl who fell down the well? Yeah. I was the guy who was lowered into the well, and I saved her life. And if I hadn't done that, she would have died. That is wonderful. You are the best. I was on a motorcycle trip, mm-hmm. but I I should be more like you, just like helping people, volunteering. I agree. That's great, man. It's not just great. It's cool. Well, I like that you don't care about being cool. You'd rather help people. I think if we opened this up to listeners and they were, and we had them vote on what the coolest thing that anyone did at this table no, they, was, the best eating edibles thing. and building the Millennium Falcon while watching a reruns of CNN. They've all decade. done that. That doesn't disprove this, this is cool. the classic. If you could reduce great debates to one theme, mm-hmm. it's what is cool. What is what is the word cool mean? It's our and, we're cool. <laughs> and we're back. Cool. And we're back. is the central question. Right. Yeah, that may be true, but regardless of what other things are cool, the other things being cool doesn't disprove uh, that climbing Mount Everest is cool. You're in a select group of people. It, billions of people cannot care about climbing Mount Everest. You, more often than not, the thing that's cool is the thing that the fewer amount of people are doing. Can and, I, yeah, can I please, posit something? Ahead. I think the coolness of climbing Mount Everest depends on the frequency of telling the story about it. So if I said to you, do you know... That Steve Healy climbed Mount Everest last month, and you didn't know. And you said, "Did you climb Mount Everest, Steve?" And oh, Steve said, yeah, yeah, "Steve I said, I mean, I should have done K two, but that's cool. <laughs> the more people you tell over and over and over again, it can become uncool with the frequency of telling. Right. People. If you never told anyone you climbed Mount Everest, that's kind of cool. That's. That's but when I picture cool. someone who climbed Everest, I don't picture a cool dude. I picture a guy, an That's obsessive, you, or you even a like, fetishist. It's, picture, I'm happy for that person, but I don't admire their coolness right. or I'm envy their coolness. Like I a, think, wow, you're really into that. year old very wealthy yeah. doctor from Virginia who has the resources to do it and likes the outdoors. But let me tell you this. Enough. And yeah. also, it's so popular, Mount Everest. I think climbing K2 is way cooler. Except you put an urn with ashes in that climber's hands, and it's cool. The way that you can get ultimate respect from someone, even if they are a billionaire and they've made all their money in banking, and uh, if they said, yeah, I, I climbed Mount Everest, you'd be like, okay, you should be said, well, with my dad's ashes. That's suddenly cool. Yeah. No matter who have you are, that's cool. There. You know what I say? Climbing Everest isn't cool. You know what's cool? Climbing a billion Everest. <laughs> Um, Medina, any yeah. thoughts? Is there any way to make well, sense of what we just did? Yeah, I don't know. I think the at the moment there's this whole like the news that on Mount Everest is that there are traffic jams up there and really? it's starting yeah. to get overdone. And yeah. so I think the actual argument that was sort of left on the table is like it's not cool anymore to do because too many people are doing it. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. That but that was left on the that table. That was left on the yeah. table. That sounds My like three you opponents. want to be a debater. Table. Yeah. So I wasn't in the stocking. So... Yeah, maybe Healy won. Mm. Um, here's Feels one. Good. If you only ate food from Trader Joe's, you'd go insane. 
Okay, there's a guy here who has a lot of passion about this. <laughs> I, I will take either side. What side yep. do you want? Um, I will take you going insane. Okay, I'll take the con. Oh, BJ, fire away. Okay, it's not just that the food is uh, very particular, monotonously salty, and bizarre. It is the fact that you are in a situation where you are only eating food from Trader Joe's. That's what would make you insane. We're talking you about are the prepared foods at Trader Joe's? Just anything from Trader Joe's, but nothing besides that for the rest of your life. Going to Trader Joe's, having people go for you, asking if this food is from Trader Joe's, uh, that would eventually ostracize you from mainstream society and thinking to the point that you would be insane. Okay, look, uh, I'm CP Lee. I'm taking the con. I don't think you'd go insane. Imagine a man who's like, you're like, what's your diet? He's like, oh, I eat oatmeal in the morning. Or uh, every once in a while, I have some Cheerio type things with raisins. I have uh, usually a pasta dish at night with a little green salad. Sometimes I have a little roast pork or some roast chicken or, you know, something like that, some lean protein, little fish. That's basically my diet. I'm pretty rigid about my food because I like to moderate it and make sure I know what I'm eating. Every once in a while, I'll have a chocolate-covered graham cracker or some vanilla ice cream, and I drink a lot of black coffee, and every once in a while in the summer, I have a lemonade. Uh, that's my diet. You'd think that guy was so sane, and he could be doing all of that at Trader Joe's. And I'd say, do you travel much? Sure. I go to San Francisco. I can eat the same thing. I go to I go to uh, Austin. I can eat the same thing. I'm in Boston. I can eat the same thing. That's the cool thing about my diet. I keep it tight. I keep it sensible. Do you want to come with me to climb Everest? No, thank you. Want to come to <laughs> Buenos crowded. Aires for a conference? <laughs> I mean, this guy is a sane man, you know? You think that because he doesn't want to go to Buenos Aires, that makes him insane? No, I, I was just throwing out scenarios in which you'd have to make an excuse. Holy, look, you know, <laughs> revealed you to be insane or no, seem insane. I, you know, I don't want one of these empanadas. I brought a, I brought my own turkey sandwich just because I like to keep track of what I'm eating. I'm loving being in Buenos Aires with you. It's really lively. I love the salsa. I even have some Malbec. I'm going to drink a little bit of that. I brought my own. You brought I, your I own know, salsa. I know that's eccentric, but uh, it's not insane. Hmm. Can I insert one idea? On the side of it, please driving you insane. Mm. If everything in your house had that packaging, yeah. I think visually you'd go a little crazy. Yeah, like it's not just the food. It's re- it's not the, the food. The the sameness. Imagine opening up a cupboard cabinet, and it's just all Trader Joe's packaging design. I think that would send you a little. Well, there might be some Trader Giatas or Trader Jose's in there. It wouldn't all be Trader. Let Joe's. me throw this to just the, the design language there. would make you a little nuts. Imagine a life where you open up your cupboard and you have the same thing and you can get it it's always there for you you know where to get it it's available does that sound like a life of sanity or a life of insanity that sounds like a person who's got themselves organized they're together it's they have the a context. lot of experimental energy for coming up with ideas generating uh, it's being a creative. cookie store Do you, and yes. for, okay. for every staple in your Thank life you. to so, be Kookily branch. It's the <laughs> lightest, the lightest dusting of kooks. It's, do you know how that's the you know how amount fonts, that it's supposed to be in your life? You know, how fonts have a sort of a voice to them. Mm-hmm. Design language has a voice. Of course, Coca Cola kind of says like, "We're Coca Cola." Well, tell me right now what Trader Joe's sounds like in the voice of if Trader Joe's packaging yeah. had a voice. Oh, of course, it's a toucan speaking <laughs> to you. It's, it's, oh, I'm Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. No, no, Trader Joe loud. is a guy. He's a trader. He goes out. He got the best things in the world at a reasonable price. He's selling them to you. That's like it's like he has personality because he's human. What a Would you rather? Chips. Yeah, he's wacky. Would you rather buy your stuff from Costco? I mean, that would make me insane. Salsa. I got to no. jump in to defend my man Steve Thanks. here because I'm on the side that this would not make you insane at all. Here, I think it'd be an improvement. Here are my two main points. One is there are people who live with dietary restrictions that are far more restrictive than you can only eat from Trader Joe's. That yeah. Do not go insane at all. People who live with like, right. fetal keto, uh, what is it called, PKU, or people, even people with celiac disease, those people don't go crazy, and they have a far more limited range of options than people who can just shop this hypothetical subset of humans who can only eat foods from Trader Joe's. On top of that, what we're not valuing here is, and Keely alluded to this, is the power of restrictions, is the paralysis of unlimited choice. I go to Gelson's every week, and I buy the same eight things because I'm overwhelmed by the amount of options they have. If you told me you can only shop and eat at Trader Joe's for the rest of your life, 
First of all, they have plenty of fresh produce, Relieved. which is something that, by the way, millions of Americans don't it's have not access great. to. I say this as a fan. It's it not is great. Way better than the produce that I believe I would estimate half of Americans have regular access to. You can always get something fresh there. You like and. Like, not only that, but they do have staple. Like, you can cook almost anything from Trader Joe's. They have the staples that you need to cook. They have fresh meats. They have seafood. They have, if you need the basics, butter, flour, sugar, they have all those things. Here's something else that you haven't thought about. They actually change their food. They're on a rotating system. If people don't like food, it goes out. If people want new food, it comes in, and they do that fairly regularly. I liked the uh, golden raisin blend, hard to find. I liked the lemon bites. You can't get those anymore, but they have new stuff coming in every time. Plus, you get the everything but the bagel, which is like one of the greatest little there's supermarket finds of all time. There's not one other person in the world who has this diet that you have. That is a stress on you. Don't you know that. There might I be do- someone who lives next to a Trader Joe's who does all their shopping at Trader Joe's. Oh, I guarantee there are Trader Joe's employees thrifty. that are just getting Trader Joe's stuff. Uh, there's 30,000 people in and, America that eat so essentially what? all Trader Joe's. So what Joe's. if there's nobody else who does that? I mean, there, like, you know, that doesn't mean that it would drive you insane. It's funny you just, say Trader Joe's sells staples because their food seems like the food you would buy at Staples off a superstore. Do you guys not like Trader Joe's? I food? like Trader Joe's. I just don't think it could be the basis, let alone the exclusive basis, for a psychologically healthy diet. That's even crazier. Like Trader Joe's is the basis for many people's diets. There's a lot of people whose neighborhood supermarket is Trader Joe's, uh, and okay. they're doing just fine. There's, there's one for crazy, right? Let's say you're dating a girl. Uh-huh. It started, would drive me crazy. Just started dating her. <laughs> yeah. And every night, she's like, what do you want to do this weekend? Yeah. You like just come over. We'll have some dinner. What are you gonna make? I don't know. I got some Trader Joe's stuff around. Whip something up from Trader Joe's. How long before she goes crazy? How long before someone in your life goes crazy? Well, that's not the issue. Well, no, because it is. Because (laughs) sympathetically, you're going to start going crazy because the people in your life, you're not going to be able to sustain a relationship. Okay, okay. Read the question again. Is it if you? Yeah, if you. So you need to put yourself in the situation. Imagine being set up. So you can have whatever you want. Honey, you can come over, bring whatever you like over. I just have to eat Trader Joe's. Yeah. I yeah. Think if that's this okay. person doesn't love and respect your choices, yeah. then she will. I'm sorry, but she's not right. Far if too someone early in your family in was marrying someone, and this is a fact you learned about them, you'd be alarmed. Craig, I want to set you up with this We're girl. She's amazing. She's really cool. She only be eats Trader Joe's. Because you think they were insane <laughs> or would go insane eventually. <laughs> Not once you meet them, and it turns out to be Healy, and he's eating nothing but Trader Joe's. Allison is so cool. She's perfect for you. She's mm. 31. She's uh-huh. a geologist. Oh. She lives right near Trader Joe's. She buys everything at Trader Joe's, uh-huh. keeps it simple, uh-huh. gives her more time to think about like puzzles of geology. She will try to get you, you on all Trader Joe's. I just want you to know. She's going to try and hook you on it, but in a cute okay. way. You'll I like, like Trader it. Joe's. She yeah, will push yeah, yeah. it. I can, can eat Trader Joe's sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can bring your own food over uh-huh. to Allison's yeah. place. She's only going to eat Trader Joe's because she's just got a system, and she's just she's so funny and sweet. You're really gonna Super you're gonna love it. Yeah. Oh, she'll cook you delicious meals from food. Oh that yeah, you spinach bought at lasagna. Yeah. yeah, maybe some mochi after potato dinner. pancakes. Yeah, see, this sounds crazy. <laughs> I'm starting to take BJ's side. <laughs> but that's because no, no, but that's not the issue. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead, go. The go difference ahead, go ahead. between Allison, who only eats. <laughs> Hey, I want to introduce you to Allison. She mostly shops at Trader Joe's, but you know, she's good. It's, it's totally different that from she only. She only all, for, if you guys go down the road and you get married, you're only going to shop at Trader Joe's. Or you can eat your own food. You can't go to a restaurant ever. Yeah, I'm you can't go insane. to a regular you grocery store. This is just, you're going to suddenly go insane. Trader Joe's food, you can go to restaurant. <laughs> if you ask Dan Bain, the CEO of Trader Joe's, <laughs> if he suggests that anybody subsists solely on a diet of Trader Joe's, what do you think he would say? No. He'd say that's crazy. <laughs> I don't think he'd say you'd go insane. <laughs> and that's, I agree with you, he would. You he'd say that's crazy, all, it's going to make you crazy. All of the, everything you guys are talking about are other people's perception of the person whose diet we is only We live and die Trader by other Joe's. people's perception all the time. I don't well, know about you, but I If, if everyone thinks you're crazy, that is likely to drive you crazy. I don't know. I'd love to find out, though. Let's do it. <laughs> By Guys, the way, for the next th- 10 years... <laughs> <laughs> do you think that Trader next Joe's 10, would find this 50. a net positive in their 
in, for their brand or a negative for their They're brand? Very I'm, mysterious. I'm a, a marketing guy at Trader Joe's. I'm pitching the Trader Joe's. Live the Trader Joe's life. Interesting. Yeah. Try it. No, but you don't want to supersize me situation. But was this was this a positive for Trader Joe's? If somebody, if Dan Bain is listening in, does he go, you and know what? Is. Yeah, of course. Because he, he just, so, they mentioned Trader Joe's 190 times. If the Wait. Fearless Flyer had Diary of Allison, I love the it's Fearless a woman flyer, who only yeah. eats Trader Joe's and it's her diary every week, you would be riveted. By the way, speaking of I would uh, be creeped out. Trader Joe's corporate bosses, you guys know where the Trader Joe's East Coast headquarters is, I hope. I don't. I'm guessing it's Needham Mass. It yeah. is Needham Mass, okay, cool. You're absolutely right. Why do they need an from. East Coast headquarters? It may be their only headquarters. I don't know. It's just well, No, they're, they're a California company, I believe. Well, then they need an East Coast headquarters. There was an LA Magazine article on them about 10 years ago that... that uh, made them out to look like a very mysterious company. And even their social media is mysterious. All mm. the more reason to love it, I think. Mm. Yeah. No, I absolutely love I like. it. It just, it's, it's a I kind like. of crazy making brand. It's culty. That's part of the fun. But how's Soup Plantation doing? If you're in a cult, are you necessarily <laughs> nice insane? Back. That's for the super fans That's of, the the, super of fans. these specials. S-O-U-P-E-R fans. What else we got in the topic stocking? Well, we have this tiny little one. By the way, John, when if, what if when you and I die, or like, and people look us up, like, it's mostly great debates <laughs> after like 15 years. Like, you type in our name, is like, mostly it was this. I'll take whatever, whatever. They whatever did 15 my... episodes of this thing. This is why I have a wide portfolio. It's kind of all they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> You've done a lot of interviews. Yeah. That probably wouldn't happen. If you knew you had 30 meals left in your life, one of them would be McDonald's. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's for sure. No I'm a pro here. guy here. I'll yeah. take the con. Yes. You will yeah. not. You've got th- I take the con. You've got 30 days left or 30 meals oh, left? Meals. Come All right. Okay. 10 Hold days on. left Hold in your on. life. Oh, 30 meals. Okay, so breakfast, lunch, dinner for 10 days. Yeah. Hell no. I'm going to Italy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat some pasta, whatever. You're, I'm going to try and get into Noma. How long is a flight to Italy? That's 10 hours. That's two meals. You're not going to just a strike. So you're not going to have two plain meals. You get meals. all the meals. Mm. You get to have all the meals. I'll say this, though. Yeah. McDonald's in Italy, very good. Is that true? Well, international McDonald's. You know what? I had I had McDonald's in Europe, and it was it had things that had sweet potato fries. Yes, it had chicken wings that oh. were excellent. I'm certainly not making it European McDonald's one of my meals. I can <laughs> give you two reasons why you'd have McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. Number one, nostalgia. One of the things I think people do when they find out they're about to die is they like to have a visit through uh, their whole life with a great emphasis on their childhood. They're trying to connect with their childhood mm. one last time, and unfortunately. All of us have a very deep set relationship mm. with McDonald's in our childhood. Mm. The other reason is because there is something um, sort of free spirited about eating McDonald's. You know you're not supposed to. And the way that you would get the slightest bit of enjoyment in the freedom of your dying is that you're going to eat McDonald's, which everybody agrees is not great for you. And for you, it won't matter right. this time. That's right. You're the only, you are one of very rare cases in the world where when you eat McDonald's, you can enjoy it without guilt because it doesn't matter and every bite of mcdonald's in that scenario must be delicious and you know what you could do no. sorry let's consider this pro opening statement you could go there and run the table i'll take one of everything and you can have as much or as little as you want you could have your favorites you could try new things they've got it all there man by the way we've backed up into the coolest thing anybody could ever do which is go to mcdonald's in the final 10 days of their life, sit in the corner, order everything, and eat it with just... By the way, I've never heard of someone who has 10 days to live. (laughs) It's very metric. It's fantastic. But yes, so you have 10 days to live, and you go in. Sorry to interrupt. And you walk in, and you sit in the corner. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. You sit in the corner, and someone goes, what's that guy doing? And someone says, he has 10 days to live, and he's just going ape shit at McDonald's just for one meal. And everyone goes, I get it. Of course he is. And you know what happens? He said he's almost done with his meal, and he's an old man, obviously. And a worker or someone who works at McDonald's comes up. Everything okay, sir? Can we get you anything else? You know what? There is one thing. I'd like a happy meal. Oh. And they bring him out a happy meal with a toy. And it All brings, four toys. It brings him back to his youth and he sheds a tear. It's the, it's the best meal he's ever had. Okay, there's some no. powerful imagery yeah. out there, but I want you to really think about the John Mayer playbook. The doctors yeah. oh, yeah. just told you you've ten, you, you got 10 days left to live. What are you going to do with your meals? You're going to, yes, there'll be an element of nostalgia. You'll want mom to make you her famous French toast one more time. Heck, heck maybe 10 more times. Mom, mom already died in the outbreak. You, you, 
You'll want to the, she, the virus got her. You'll want to try ago. something that you've never tried before. You'll want to go to a True. couple classic. You have ten classic restaurants that you want to try again. Great. You've got some sandwiches sure, you want to try. You got you have travel you want to do. You're going to go to those places. I, I, in fact, in fact, it's well You're documented. You're not going to want to sit in McDonald's and impress the employees. Sit in your home. What's well documented? I think it's well documented. The regrets. Well, the regrets of people is that they didn't travel more, but it's not that they think they should travel once they find out that they're going to die. I don't think if you found out that you were going to die in 10 days, one of the things you'll start thinking of is the uh, the sort of indignity of travel. I think, to take the con as well, as, along with Steve, that it sounds great in theory, but when you're actually faced with those final meals, there's going to be a better alternative. If you want a burger, if you want you know, a cheeseburger from McDonald's, you could go to In-N-Out. You know, if you want chicken nuggets, you can go get some fried chicken tenders at some incredible diner. What an off-brand way to celebrate your life. If you want to be with people you loved, which I assume is the main priority of your final 30 meals, is sitting at one of those McDonald's tables. It's not just one of the McDonald's. It's your McDonald's Mm. from when you were a kid. It's the one you used to go to. Walking to McDonald's, like that's how you're socially going into your final meal. Can you make sure to put some ketchup in there? Can You're I, not going through the drive-thru. You can grab put extra ketchup. packets uh, in. Okay, yeah. And you're going to taste just... that orange drink, and you're going to sit there, and you're going to think about your whole life and all the times in between the last time you ate here with your mom and your dad and now and who you were and how you were. Dare I say that meal is going to be profound. Imagine you're about to, I'm about to die. I got 10 days left and you're like, Steve, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, one of the things I really want to do is go to McDonald's. Love and you'd be like, no, Steve, yeah, no. Okay. You and me are going to go up to also, French laundry. Also, yeah, I would try to talk a friend out of it, which is something that might happen because you often feel depressed anyway yes, after eating don't McDonald's. Don't do that Imagine you're like, oh, I feel terrible feel- and I'm going to die. Yeah. There's nothing to feel depressed about. Because you don't have to wear that weight, you don't have to worry about cholesterol. No, it's a physical For the first thing. Time you in physically your life, you're truly feel bad. Free. Medina, talk to us. We had some lively arguments and some rich imagery. Mm. I, I was um, feeling the. I was tugged by the nostalgia, then I was whisked away uh, on a European vacation. <laughs> And excited about that. And then I was hit with the phrase, the indignity of travel. And <laughs> I, I, I'm stuck with the idea that you would want to probably have McDonald's. You know, there was a, I was afraid that I, branch out. I was afraid that I walked myself into a kill shot. Cause I was like, I'll fly to Italy. Right. And I thought these guys were immediately going to be like, you're at LAX, buddy. You're yeah, going to I have McDonald's. Now the way yeah, you could have yeah. really made this debate incredible is if you switched it to Burger King. Well, oh, no. I pass. That's a hard pass. <laughs> There's no one. But that would have tweaked the scale, I think, a little bit, just more. I think if just the CEO of Burger King were dying, he would one of his ten meals would be with McDonald's. <laughs> well, so I don't know about you guys, but I have had a great evening, and I thought it might be nice if we just sent some holiday uh, messages each of us out to our fans. I know I had a great year this year. And I want to thank you all for listening, and I wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. I want to thank John and BJ so much for being here. It's such a lovely tradition. We really enjoyed the debate. And to all our fans and people out there who respond to the show, look, we know we're not always regularly appearing as a podcast, but we're so glad that you appreciate us, and and, uh, thank you for listening. And where do we donate? Uh, You know, just keep it. Oh, great. That's nice. Christmas gift to the fans. Yeah. Hang on to your cash. (laughs) When someone asks you next, or, you know, in the next few days, what's your New Year's resolution? I want you to answer, just keep up the good work. (laughs) That's what I want your answer to be. Just keep up the good work. We don't always have to (laughs) revise ourselves. We could just continue on the path we're already on. Yeah. You know? So you're looking to stay steady going into 2020. I think it does a disservice to last year's resolution to just come up with a new one right now. Why not just say, I'm going to keep up the good work. Right. You have Maybe you had a great work. resolution and it's working. Do you ever get to the end of the year and retrofit a resolution to what you actually did? Oh, Gain 30 pounds. Credit. <laughs> <laughs> Davey, anything for the fans out there? At no, this holiday I love, time? You know, I love the fans, love the fam. Good to have the guys back. Happy 2020. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. happening. It's happening. You said uh, that you don't, it doesn't feel like the end of a decade to you. It does not. Does it feel like the start of a decade? 
It does. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. We're about to have a numbered decade. Yeah, That's what we've been missing. Yes. Yeah. The 20s. The 20s. Remember the 20s? Yeah. It also feels like we're on the precipice of something historical, whether or not it actually happens. But not on the calendar year. I believe the decades don't change until oh, somewhere cool. around Absolutely. the second or third totally. They don't year. take on their character. Totally. Yeah, they yeah. don't even... Look. If you look at something from the year 2000, it looks like 1995. Sure. Mm-hmm. Look at something from 1990. You ever see an audience on a YouTube video from 1990? That's it, 1986 totally. right there. Totally, So it takes a second. Hair metal ruled in 1990. I've got a prediction for you, and we can debate this in 10 years' time. Something that happens in 2020 will be notably 20s when we debate and when we gather to debate in the year Well, this is easy. Did anything happen in 2010 that was notably teens? But I'm not, we didn't have a decade. It didn't happen that decade. It didn't have a decade. But this, decade. I can feel it coming that the 20s are going to take some shape. You think that, yeah. Oh, this is interesting. And I'm not debating right away. 20, 20, you think because the decade has a name, it will also have its sort of intellectual bracket. It wants it. I think so, yeah. Wow. So right. Wow. It already has a reference point from 100 years ago that may or may not be part of it. But yeah. people right. know what that's about. Roaring. It may be dumb, it may be corny, but it's there. So is this to suppose then that the first 20 years of the century are going to be packaged as one time period? They'll be, yeah. we were just waiting for the 20s. 2000 to 2020 change. is the first epic of the, of the, the century. The lost decades. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Happy yeah. New Decade. From okay, the Great guys, Debates. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see you in the new year on the Great Debates. Thanks, guys, for joining us, and Merry Christmas, everybody. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. <laughs>